you either love them or you hate them. But if you're high street shopping, you simply can't ignore them. I wish it could be Christmas every day. White Christmas. Last Christmas. Saviour's Day. Uh, mistletoe and wine. And the one that I think is most ironic, given the constant loops on the PA system and all the decorations, do they know it's Christmas? Well, you certainly do after a couple of hours shopping. Uh, some shoppers are in fact so tired of these familiar songs that I recently discovered a campaign's been launched. The campaign is to ban the song Merry Christmas, everybody. Partly leaders of this charge are calling for a moratorium on the Slade song till 2009 to protect tired ears. A campaign spokesman was quoted in the Metro. He said, it's a great song, but it's being flogged to death. So let us embrace this period of abstinence so we can enjoy it more next Christmas. Well, even if you're not going to join the campaign, uh, it's true, isn't it, that we're overly familiar with some Christmas songs. But you know that the song, the Christmas carol that Katie just read for us, is, I'm afraid, a song that we're not so familiar with. Sadly, many of us have never really heard this song, certainly not when we're out Christmas shopping. And yet, ironically, it was a song sung at the very first Christmas. It was a song sung by Mary, the mother of Jesus. And it was a song sung by her that explains the reason for Christmas, why Jesus came into the world in the first place. I wonder if you've ever asked yourself the question, why in the world did Jesus come into the world? Mary's song tells you why. Mary's song uh, includes words like saviour, uh, words like mercy, words like hungry, uh, lyrics that reflect a world in need, both physically and especially spiritually. See, the first Christmas hit wasn't some sentimental, tinsel-covered love song. It was a description of a desperately lost world in need of the saving love of God. So when you think about it, it's a sinful world that needs a saviour. It's a world facing judgment that needs the mercy of God. The great carol, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, puts it quaintly. We need peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. But what love would be required for God to come and do something like that? For God to come himself to rescue and restore and save. Remember, it wasn't that long ago, the birth of our third child and us being in the labor suite and in between the doses of oxygen, which were mainly for Nikki, but a little for me, we were actually discussing in the labor suite what we would name the baby. 
Now, the first two were much easier, but it was the third one that we struggled with. Well, grace was the name that one threw. Of course, had it been around about Christmas time and none of our babies were born this time of year, it might have been a bit easier for us. Because pretty often, around about this time, well, of course, you've got the option of adopting a Christmas-themed name. So, if it's a girl, then you might call them Holly, or Noel, or Natalie, uh, or Mary, of course. And then there's these trendy modern names like Winter or Star. On the boys' front, if you bump into someone and their name is Christopher or uh, Nicholas or, or Joseph or Gabriel, then it's pretty evident to you that they probably were born in December. At the first Christmas, when that baby was born, when the baby of the manger was born, he was given an appropriate name. He was given a name that was wonderfully Christmas-themed. I don't know if you noticed it in uh, the reading. And it wasn't just a name that sounded cute or a kind of cool name such as we would go for. In Johnny's reading, we learned that the name the baby was called was Saviour. In Matthew's Gospel, one of the other accounts of Jesus' birth, we're specifically told that the baby was given the first name, Jesus. And guess what the name Jesus means? It also means Saviour. Just imagine that for a name. You're listening in over the phone. What's that you say? Six pound four ounces? No delivery complications? Can you repeat that again? Was that Saviour? Would you like a little cuddle of Saviour? What a strange name for a baby. But it wasn't just a cool name. It it was a name that, in fact, Jesus grew up to fulfill. Jesus fulfilled the promise of his name. And he became, in fact, the saviour of the world. He, He finally, as a man, made the journey all the way from a crib to the cross, where he died to be our saviour. This is how much God loved us in giving Jesus for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, we read, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Jesus was sent, this verse says, out of love. And look as he was sent to save us. He was sent to save our messed up lives in our messed up world. And not incidentally, did you notice in the story that the first people who heard the good news were a bunch of shepherds. They were unlikely candidates, you might think, to be the first to meet God in human flesh. But of course, when a saviour comes into the world, He comes to save sinners. He comes to save people who, as the shepherds were in those days, are notoriously bad, who recognize their need to be saved. I hope, like the shepherds, that you will be willing to come this Christmas and to recognize your need in your life for a Savior. 
that you'll recognize all that Jesus' name means. And it wasn't just a cool name. But in fact, it was something that Jesus could be for you. A poll was recently conducted about attitudes to Christmas throughout the UK. It was compiled by a group called Theos. And it made its way into quite a few of the newspapers. You may have seen it. And not least the slightly surprising stat that apparently 66% of Scots are planning on celebrating Christmas in some kind of religious way, as a religious uh, kind of festival. And I don't know how that makes you feel, but certainly to those of us who are part of the church, it sounded a little encouraging that many unchurched people still see some value in the Christmas story. However, scratching beneath the surface a little, there were some other results in the poll that suggested that initial stat wasn't quite so exciting. Because when some of those same people were asked some basic questions about Christmas, about some of the actual details of the story, a surprisingly low number understood even some of the basic facts. When it came down to specifics, uh, questions that were asked of people in this phone poll, like the census that took Joseph and Mary down to Bethlehem, like the death of the innocents, that's a big part of the story, like the flight to Egypt, these specifics, only 12% of people could answer all of the few questions. And indeed, on top of this, throughout the whole of the UK, Scotland polled worst below all the other nations. You know, when I hear that, when I hear that as, as a Christian, it makes me feel, frankly, responsible. It makes me feel a little bit responsible because it's one thing when people don't know about Jesus because they've heard the story and they simply haven't believed it. It's another thing when they haven't believed in Jesus because they don't know about the story really at all. And you know, the shepherds, one of the great things about the end of their story was that they didn't just go to Bethlehem. That they didn't just come as we have come tonight to gather, as it were, around the manger and to see the scene of the Son of God being born. But they then left the stable. They went back out and they shared the message about Jesus. What was it that it said? They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Not only did they rejoice and praise God, verse 20, but also verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning him. You know, if you're not a Christian tonight, then we would really love to be shepherd-like to you and to tell you more about Jesus. We're not going to don, you know, shepherd-like outfits, but we do want to be shepherd-like in telling you the facts, in telling you not just about the baby in the manger, but even more about the whole life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And if you are a Christian this evening, I want to simply 
leave you with a little challenge tonight. 88% of Scots don't know the Christmas story in detail. Who's taking responsibility for that? How else are they going to know about the love of God in Jesus unless I and you tell them about it? Tell them that there is a God of love. Tell them that he loves them so much he sent Jesus into the world for them.